how many views we have been getting by, by doing this, sharing what we do here in our local church with so many others. So I invite you to, uh, to do that if you can. Thanksgiving. Love this time of the year. Sometimes we rush and we hustle and we are so busy and involved in our own selves and our own lives and uh, we tend to maybe forget to give thanks. For one, I understand that Lorianne is the one that uh, has decorated for this Sabbath morning and uh, it's beautiful. And I just want to thank her for taking the time and beautifying our, our sanctuary. In, um, in our Sabbath school, thank you, Rita, for sharing with us. In our Sabbath school, on the Thursday, there was a little thought that said, Before the children of Israel were to enter into the Promised Land, Moses spoke to them again, recounting the wonderful ways that the Lord had led them, and he admonished them again and again not to forget what the Lord has done for them. And this weekend is a time for us not to forget. Not to forget the things, all the blessings that we receive from the Lord, day by day, moment by moment, Our call to worship is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I would just like to take a moment to share that with you. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing upon the reading of his word. If we could bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you on this beautiful Sabbath morning, Lord, with thanksgiving and praise on our lips, thanking you for the opportunity that we have to share with one another, to meet with one another, and we invite your spirit to dwell with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our opening hymn is not in the hymn book. It will be on the screen here. And it is entitled, God Leads Us Along. And I think I'll let Richard. Oh, do we have to keep touching it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Please stand as we sing. so rich and so sweet God leads his dear children along where the waters cool flow face the weary one's feet God leads his dear children along some through the waters some through the flood 
some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley, in darkest of night, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Though sorrows befall us and evils oppose, God leads his dear children along through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrows, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Away from the mire, away from the clay, God leads his dear children along. Away up in glory, Eternity's day, God leads his dear children along. Final verse. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrows, but God gives song in the night season and all the day long. Amen. Okay, you may all be seated. And again, I want to welcome everyone to our divine service this morning, whether you're here in person and or joining us via Zoom. I do believe we have a special music this morning. And whoever is doing that, I'm sorry I'm not... Who is it? Adam. Oh, great. Okay, wonderful. Adam, please, thank you.
Amen. That was beautiful, Adam and Rita. It uh, made me think of the time that I used to play flute. The very last time I ever played my flute was for special music in this church. The Sabbath we had moved away in 91. And then in 1992, I had a, a terrible boating accident and uh, had lost feeling in my lower lip and I've never been able to play the flute since. So listening to this this morning brought back memories and it was truly a blessing. In heaven, absolutely, Grant. I look forward to that. Um, it's time for our tithes and our offerings. And uh, how many of you ever tune in to Voice of Prophecy? Anybody? It's a wonderful program. Um, the Voice of Prophecy exists to proclaim the everlasting gospel of Christ, leading people to accept Jesus as their personal Savior and nurturing them in preparation for his soon return. Exciting things are happening at the Voice of Prophecy. It has shifted from being a media ministry back to its roots. It exists solely to assist your church in the work of evangelism and has developed countless resources and support systems to dramatically boost your church's outreach effectiveness. You can see these cutting-edge developments at discoverycenters.com. Your generous gift today will help further the one and only mission of God's remnant church, enabling Voice of Prophecy Canada Help your church move your community for Christ. So, as you know, we're not collecting offerings, um, but there is an offering box at the back on your way out. Uh, so please drop your offerings and your tithes in there. And or you can contribute online through the Williams Lake Seventh-day Adventist uh, Church website under the giving section and it's pretty easy pretty straightforward to follow how to how to give so um, with that we invite the congregation to kneel as we seek the Lord in prayer our gracious Heavenly Father it is with praise and thanksgiving that we humbly bow before you this Sabbath morning, Lord, with praise and gratitude. Your mercy is endless, and for that we are thankful. We are thankful for every day that you wake us up, Lord, and our heart is ticking. And, uh, Father, there is so much that we take for granted. Please forgive us. Lord, at this time, we want to pray for the Friesen family. Father, we lift them up to you during this time of sorrow. But Lord, we know that with Jesus, we will meet again on that resurrection morning, Lord, when you call your children forth. And for that hope, we thank you for we also ask that you would be with our 
two families that we want to lift up to you as well, not only today but through the rest of this week, and that is Charles Potter and his family and Dana Erickson and her family, Lord. We humbly bow before you, Father, asking you to please mold us and shape us. You are the potter and we are the clay. Please use us in your vineyard. Please bless our feeble efforts. And at this time, I invite your Holy Spirit to dwell with Brother Richard as he shares the message with us, Lord. Please bless him and anoint him. May his words be your words. May his thoughts be your thoughts. Father, we want to give all glory to you this morning and every day. Please join us is our request. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, our two families for praying for this week is Charles Potter and family and Dana Erickson, but I'd also like us to uplift the Friesen family this week as well. Our scripture reading is found in Hebrews 13, verses 15 and 16. That is Hebrews 13, 15 and 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. May the Lord add his blessing upon the reading of his word. Richard, we turn the time over to you to hear about thankful for. Thank you very much, Shirley. Is my mic on? I think it is. Okay, good. Thank you. I think I'm just going to move this to the side. I can see everybody better. Happy Sabbath, everyone. <laughs> well, you all know that I'm a teacher, and it's so hard to get away from my teacherness. So this morning, I thought I would start off with Canadian Thanksgiving. How is the Canadian Thanksgiving different from the American Thanksgiving? It's amazing. We have taken so many of their ideas and brought them up north here. But it all goes back to our British and European roots. It has always been on a Sunday, Thanksgiving, and the people would go to church and sing hymns and thank the Lord for his goodness for the harvest. And then they would go home 
and have a fantastic feast. Thanksgiving has not always been on Monday in Canada. The different wars throughout our history have affected how we celebrate. Of course, down in the States today is Columbus Day. And up here in Canada, we are celebrating Thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving, way back in 1604, was when the French fur traders would come together to thank the Lord for being with them throughout the year. During the American Revolution, many Americans that still supported the crown fled to Canada for their own safety. And here they celebrated a new independence from the United States and brought with them the idea of turkey for Thanksgiving dinner, as well as pumpkin and squash. So we have them to blame for that. The first Canadian celebration after Confederation was proclaimed by Queen Victoria, who was very worried about her eldest son, Prince Edward. He almost died. He was so very ill. But when he regained his health, she called everyone to come and to thank the Lord for his recovery. And then, in 1957, our Canadian Parliament declared the second Monday of every October be Canadian Thanksgiving. So we are able to continue to celebrate God's goodness to us officially here in Canada, which I'm very grateful for myself. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I also love poetry. Many of you know I love poetry. I know I'm weird, but I love poetry. So I'd like to share with you this morning one of my very favorite poems. I have too many of them, I, I know. <clears throat> Today, on a bus, I saw a lovely girl with silken hair. I envied her, she seemed so gay. I wished I was as fair. Then suddenly she rose to leave, and I saw her hobble down the aisle. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two legs, the world is mine. Then I stopped to buy some sweets. The lad who sold them had such charm, and I talked with him, he seemed so calm. And if I were late, it would be no harm. And as I left, he said to me, I thank you for being so kind. It's nice to talk to folks like you, you see, I'm blind. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes. The world is mine. Later, while walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play. He seemed he knew not what to do. I stopped a moment. Then I said, why don't you join the others, dear? He looked ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears. The world is mine. With legs to take me where I want to go, 
and eyes to see the sunsets glow, and ears to hear what I would know. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I am blessed indeed. The world is mine. God has so much in store for us, so many amazing gifts that he has given to us. And that is why I chose our opening hymn today. And I am going to be following the outline of that hymn with you this morning. As many of you know, my sermons... have been following some of Jesus' I am statements. So, which one did I choose? <laughs> John 14, verse 6. And Thomas said, uh, beginning with verse 5, And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going or how we can know the way. Where did this question come from? Let's go back to verse 1. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive to myself that where I am there, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going or how are we to know the way. Then Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What is this the way? What is the way that God leads us? Some through the water. When I was growing up, we had the, the Bible and living sound on cassettes. I love those. I listened to them until we wore out the cassettes and <laughs> we listened to them so many times. It was such a huge blessing to me. And this is one of the Bible stories that I especially remember as being a real go-getter story. If you'd like to join me, you can open your Bibles this morning to 2 Kings chapter 6. And let's begin with verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See how the place where we dwell is too small. Please, let us go to Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place that we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. Wherever we go, we always want Jesus to come with us. And in this case, they invited Elisha to go with them. And so he went. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. 
But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. In those days, iron was so very, very valuable. That is what weapons were made out of. And the Philistines did not allow the Israelites to make anything out of iron for many, many years. So iron had to be hidden and it was so very valuable. So if you had it, you hid it. And if you wanted to get it, it would cost its weight in gold at least. Very, very valuable iron was. So when that head fell into the water, that young man was in a great deal of debt to the person that he borrowed that from. Completely irreplaceable. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And so he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it up with your, with your hand. And so he reached out his hand and he took it up. Even when things are completely hopeless looking, God will find a way, the way for us to make it through. Some through the flood. Another one of my very favorite Bible stories, some of the illustrations that I had earlier there that mean an awful lot to me, those beautiful paintings and what Noah went through in building the ark, in making it through over a year on that smelly old boat with all of those animals. It's an absolutely amazing Bible story. I'd like to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 8, and let's begin with verse 1. Then God remembered. Isn't that amazing? God remembered. Does God ever forget? I don't think so. God remembered. Noah, and every living thing and all of the animals that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. And now on to verse 15. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you, and bring out every living thing of flesh that is with you, the birds and the cattle, every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons and their wives. Every animal went out with them. Every bird and everything that creeps on the earth, according to their families, they went out of the ark and Noah built an altar to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us through. And one of every clean animal he took and offered as a burnt offering on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. I don't know about you, but when I smell Thanksgiving dinner baking in the oven, oh, it smells so good. My stomach's starting to rumble. It's, it's, it's wonderful, a good smell. And God said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of men's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, 
cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. And what did God put in the sky to remind us of that promise? A rainbow, a beautiful shimmering rainbow all over the sky. God remembers you and me. And he made a way, the ark, to carry Noah and his family through to the end. Fire. Some through the fire. This is probably not the story that you think I'm going to tell. Because, <laughs> of course, in the uh, pictures with the fire, it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with King Nebuchadnezzar. But let's open up the book of Acts this morning and turn to Acts chapter 28, and we'll start with verse 1. Acts chapter 28. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that they were on an island called Malta. And the natives showed unusual kindness to them and kindled a fire and made them welcome because of the rain that had been falling and because of the cold. It's getting cold now. Isn't a fire a nice thing to cuddle up to? The other morning, we, we started a fire for Dad at the house. He just sat in that chair. He was so... So thankful for a good warm fire. But then Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid it on the fire, and a viper came out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Sometimes things are feeling so nice, so comfy by a nice warm fire, and then all of a sudden something horrible happens. A snake comes out and bites Paul on the hand. That's no good. Did Paul die? No. The people were so absolutely amazed to see a man bitten by this poisonous snake, but Paul did not die. God protected him. Does God protect us today? Oh, yes, he does. He is the way. He is the one that leads us through these awful experiences to the other side better than we even were before it all started. He shook off the creature into the fire and it suffered him no harm. Some through great sorrow. Anybody guess what story I'm going to tell? <laughs> All right. Let's open up 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we'll read verses 1 to 6 to start with. Now there was a certain man of Ramah from the mountains of Zophim, and Ephraim, and his name was Elkina. He was the son of Jeroham and Elihu, the son of Topha, and the son of Zopha, on an, Am an, Amorite, an Ephraimite. And he had two sons, and, the name, and he had two wives, and their names were Hannah and Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up to the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord there. 
And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all of her sons, but a double portion he would give to Hannah. For he loved her very much, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. As a guy, I can't really understand that pain. Uh, but I'm sure some of you ladies who would love to have children experience that pain yourselves. And what made it worse was the other wife constantly being so cruel about it, making fun of her, To Shiloh. Hannah's husband said to her, Why do you weep, Hannah? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart so grieved? Am I not more to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose, finished eating and drinking, and went to pray at the doorpost to the tabernacle. And she was of such bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Her mouth did not move. Tears flowed from her eyes. But no sound came out. I don't know, when you've been crying, <laughs> it's really hard to speak because it's hard to <laughs> get that breath in. Yes, no, for me it is. So I, I can understand why Hannah found it really hard to pray out loud. <laughs> It, it hurts. And Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Shame on you. I added that. But Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am not a woman. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have not drunk any wine nor intoxicate, intoxicating drink. I am pouring my soul out, my soul out before the Lord. Do not consider thy maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Eli answered her and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked. So, home again, home again. And Elkina knew his wife, and she became pregnant. Now, in her prayer to the Lord, she promised that if God gave her a son, he would lend, she would lend that boy to God forever. And he would live in the house of the Lord. And Elkina, her husband, agreed. So Elkina, her husband, said to her, I want you to do what seems best to you, and we will wait until he is weaned. Only let the Lord establish his word. 
Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until he was weaned. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with three bulls, one ephah of flour, an ephah of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as my soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by the tabernacle and prayed to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I have asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. How difficult that must have been. Those of you that are parents, when they graduate from high school and you're saying goodbye to them as they go off to college or to, to work after high school, that's not easy. I remember going off to CUC, up to the Greyhound bus station, all of my worldly possessions in suitcases, hobbling as we went, and mother standing there outside the bus was weeping. Her boy was going away. And I promised I would write as often as I could. Did I always remember? No. But we would phone and I would write letters sometimes. <laughs> but God is so good. Even separation through death or if the person is still living, separation hurts. But God has a way for us to make it through. Now let's turn to First Samuel chapter 2. But God gives a song. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies. Ha ha. Penina. I'm sure she kind of wanted to dig in a little bit. But she didn't. She loved the Lord. So she was gracious. Because I rejoice in your salvation, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to be hungry. Even the barren has borne, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills, and the Lord makes alive. He brings down to the grave, and he brings up. The Lord makes poor, and he makes rich. He brings low, he lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust, and lifts the beggar from the ash heap, to set them among the princes, and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked 
shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken into pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. He will give strength to his king. He will exalt the horn of the anointed. Then Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Even though Hophni and Phinehas were there too, two of the worst characters that you can imagine, being priests, God protected little Samuel and guided him. Hannah gave him to the Lord in the worst school you could possibly imagine. Uh, it's not always the best. Our schools are full of problems. But who is leading and guiding in them? God. His church, we his people, are the apple of his eye. And he will never, ever leave or forsake us. He is always there. And we get to choose who influences us. So even in the worst school possible, Samuel chose to follow the Lord and to listen to the voice of his mother, who every year weaved for him a beautiful little ephod. Every year she would bring it to him when they came up to sacrifice before the Lord. And last but certainly not least, all through the blood. Jesus, the way, brings us through by the power of his blood. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, that's why. Hebrews chapter 10, verses, starting with verse 19. Therefore, brethren, have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Where are we entering? Where is the holiest? <laughs> That's the most holy compartment of the sanctuary where Jesus is now interceding for us. He is in the most holy place preparing to come again to take us to be with him by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having in our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, but exhorting one another, and for much the more as you see the day approaching. God loves his children. He's given us this beautiful building to come in and worship every week. 
Right now, through this coronavirus, many of us are not able to come for different reasons. I'm so glad for the gift of the internet to allow us to share what's happening here with our church family when they cannot be here. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise God's name in song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving. Jesus gave his blood so that we could sing a song. Anybody here remember Sesame Street? I loved Sesame Street as a little kid. All those wonderful little Muppets running around. Uh, and they had this wonderful song, Sing, Sing a Song. Sing, sing a song. Sing out loud, sing out strong. No matter if it's not good enough for anyone else to hear, just sing, sing a song. And that little song is this wonderful little ditty just stuck in my head. And it reminds me always, Jesus loves me. And he loves to hear me sing. And he says, give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord most high. I will give thanks to him in the assembly among the throngs. I will praise you. How many of you are looking forward to spending Thanksgiving with family this year? I really hope that as many of you as possible can be with family. I know many of us aren't able to get big groups together. This year, Thanksgiving is really small uh, at our house. We're inviting a family over, but uh, we can't get together with the, the whole crew. And it hurts, because Thanksgiving is so much about family and about being together. But we also want to be safe, and we also want to protect our loved ones that are vulnerable. Today, as we close our worship service, I invite you and of course, I didn't do this, did I? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> Let's stand and sing this morning. Let all things now living. This is one of those hymns that the pipe organ gets a going and the choir gets a going, and it is just a beautiful experience. So please. Sing with all your hearts. Let's fly. 
travel from light into light. His light forces the stars in their courses, the sun in its orbit obediently shine. The hills and the mountains, the rivers and fountains, the deeps of the ocean proclaim Him divine. We too should be voicing our love and rejoicing. <coughs> Adoration, a song let us raise till all things now living unite in thanksgiving to God in the highest holds and not and praise. Do you want to have a benediction? Go ahead. Thank you, Richard. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, it is with thanksgiving and praise that we come to you at the end of this service, Lord thanking you for the abundance of blessings. And we pray now that as we depart to our homes that you would continue to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a quick reminder, if you have a memory like mine and you intend to leave your offering and you find yourself driving home without, there's a reminder that the box is in the back there. <laughs>